With the recent improved play from the Chicago Bulls, it's left many Bulls fans to question if what we're getting is actually an early Christmas gift or is it really just a lump of coal disguised as a gift? As the Bulls are trying to work themselves into maybe getting closer to the 500, it's left a lot of Bulls fans at the start of the season with sour taste in their mouth, and rightfully so. We're going to talk about what has helped the Chicago Bulls improve their level of play, and is it sustainable? We're also going to dive into the mailbag, all that and more, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So we are back for another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. And the recent play of the Chicago Bulls has finally let us see this big three looking, feeling, and acting like a big three. And it's probably the most cohesive we have seen the team play since Lonzo Ball went down last year, right? Last season, I should say. Almost a calendar year since it since it happened. But it's it's and right now you get Bulls fans that take this three-game winning streak and they look at what's the basketball on the court and they feel really excited about what that means that could possibly come for the Chicago Bulls. You have some Bulls fans that are still soured, rightfully so, by the start of the season and look at the recent wins by the Chicago Bulls and say, well, two of those wins, you barely won those games. So, you know, it it, it leaves a lot to be desired, but I want to take a more of a just baseline look at it. Like, what has contributed and what has helped the Chicago Bulls team play better than what they had before. Just off the top, the Bulls, even with a shorter roster, averaging almost 15 more passes per game. Now, again, that's not a huge number when you think about the amount of passes over the course of a game, but when you factor in the fact, uh, on top of that, that the turnovers are starting to come down, the shooting percentages are starting to come up, the big three is actually looking, playing, feeling like a big three, it, 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 you have to look at this and say, all right, now how much of this is sustainable? How much of this will they be able to do against the upper competition, not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the overall NBA? And as I told you guys yesterday, we face a hard stretch of games when you look at from the, the end of December until midway through January. And then it gets back easier again for the Chicago Bulls, but they have a lot of tests. And I've now labeled that as we're going to know if this team is going to be able to pull themselves out of this rut that they got themselves in and maybe not only make the play in tournament, but be a playoff team. Once again, we're going to find those answers out. I think by that midway part through January, because if this solid play continues up through there, the sky then is the limit for the Chicago Bulls. But how sustainable is the play? We talked about the number of passes going up, and this is still missing some of Alice Caruso in those games as well. Um, and Javante Green, who's the energy guy, Derek Jones Jr., is this style of play sustainable? And I do think that it is sustainable, but it's really up to the stars to make sure that it is st- that it stays in that way, right? Stays sustainable. Because it really boils down to this. As long as DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic play with the ball, right? Play, I'm sorry, play with their team, moving the ball around, not letting the ball stop at them, not going into heavy isolation, no more of the your turn, my turn, his turn type mindset with this team. It really does change the complete outlook of the, of, of the way that we play offense. Now, it is up to uh, Ayo Sumu, Alice Caruso, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, who Kobe White's quietly putting together a hell of a, of a, of a season as a bench player in the NBA. Goran Dragic, it's up to, the, to those players to knock down their shots. But as we start seeing the improvement through this, a big part of this key, and I'm not saying it's all rest on this player, but Nikola Vucevic has been hugely important to what the Chicago Bulls do. When you look at playing from the inside out, when you look at 
Vooch usually making the right decisions when moving the ball and passing the ball. I labeled it before, saying that Nikola Vucevic is probably our highest basketball IQ player offensively while we don't have Lonzo Ball on this team. And so the Bulls showing more of a determination and a focus to go through Vooch and allow things to go through Vooch at times, I think is going to help this be sustainable. Now, there may not always sustainable level of play and sustainable wins are completely different, right? I do think the level of play is sustainable by the Chicago Bulls, and I honestly think it could be better when you look at Javante Green coming back, Derrick Jones Jr. coming back, Alice Caruso eventually coming back, more players settling into the role, like taking more time for just this style of play, and the Bulls have their next four games at home, which means they're going to be able to have full practices to continue to just add layers onto this new play that we're seeing from the Chicago Bulls. Now, one could say as well, and I understand the pessimistic Bulls fan mindset of, well, who's to say that they're going to keep doing it? Who's to say that Zach Levine isn't going to start jacking up crazy-ass shots once again? Who's to say that DeMar DeRozan isn't going to go heavy isolation and not pass the ball as much as he did again when DeMar's assist goes up, we go up? Who's to say that Billy Donovan is going to continue trusting and going through Nikola Vucevic four quarters in a game and not go back to leaving him completely phased out the offense in halves after he's been cooking, right? We've seen a larger chunk of the negative, so it's harder to rely on the positive being a thing. And until this Bulls team shows us that this has now become second nature and is their new play style, it's always going to be that doubt around this team of, all right, we see what you've given us, but is this the real you? And I think the Chicago Bulls are going to show us something. I think the next four games at home definitely are a good uh, way to start that out. And then, like I said, that stretch that we have from the, till uh, January 15th, I believe, is going to, to really either put the icing on the cake or close the casket on the Chicago Bulls season in a lot of ways. Now, even if they do have a bad January, is there still some hope that they could turn it in after the All-Star break? Yes, but it becomes less and less chance of that. As many people want to compare us to the Boston Celtics, guess what? By midway through January, the Boston Celtics were, were showing that dominance that they were going to be, that they ended the season with and started off this season with. So if we're going to see that, if the Chicago Bulls team is going to be that team that's a much better second-half team and maybe has a flip-flop in reverse of what we had, they have to stay focused on what has gotten us there to the first three-game win streak of the season, and that is the big three playing with this team. The big three trusting their teammates, but those teammates also were earning that trust by their ability to knock down shots. Let's hope that what we see now, what we get from this point on, is going to be better than what we've been getting basically since February of 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 this year and seeing where it's going to go uh, for the Chicago Bulls season. So that's what I wanted to say. Again, just kind of thoughts that were on my mind. Uh, I do think also that Nikola Vucevic, with the way that he's been playing, if this style of play does continue, I do think he's going to get an extension from the Chicago Bulls. Now, I know that a lot of Bulls fans may be upset at that, but again, if, if, if this style of play that we're playing right now, and Vooch has been a highly big, important part of that, I do think that you then maybe look to bring him back again, and that's if you can't get a considerable upgrade, and we'll see what AK and Eversley could do, but at least for right now, Vooch is that new rely trust in him. He's paying that off with his level of play on both sides of the ball. All right, let's go ahead and get off this one. Let's go ahead and get into the first voicemail for today, because it's Sunday. Even though it's Christmas, we still got to get into the mailbag. This first one, this one's for Paul. Hey, hey, this is uh, Paul calling again, and uh, leaving a voicemail for this uh upcoming uh, episode uh, mailbag there's two simple ways you can get rid of Billy Donovan the first way you can sell off some of the assets if you don't think this team's going to go anywhere like trade off tomorrow maybe trade off Vooch if you don't think you can do a long term deal with him 
and bring in younger assets and some picks for the next up and coming season. And we both know this this season is going to have probably 30 quality NBA players in there. I've already been looking at the college guys and the guys that stayed in and went through the portal and things of that. And, I mean, you're talking Trace Jackson Davis. You're talking Amondo Baycott. Even Pete Nance, uh, Larry Nance Jr., brother, a seven-foot guy with a silver nice rope. I mean, just, just pieces. I'm not talking about all-stars. I'm talking about pieces that you can build a good team, a culture around. Billy won't coach those guys. He's proven it twice. Once, he was supposed to be the Orlando Magic coach. They told him they were going to tear up the team. He decided to stay in Florida. The next time, they said they were going to tear up Oklahoma City Thunder, and he had, and he just either got bought out or just left the money on the table. I don't know exactly what happened. So he's not going to coach a younger team. So you want to get out of that contract? He gets some younger players in there. He has to coach, and he'll either ask for some kind of buyout or he'll just whatever, or you take him up to the front office. You know, Paxson came to the Bulls and said, "Hey, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't put a team together." And uh, they give him a nice cushy office job. They let guard go, and uh, they went on acting. So I'm just saying. It, it, it's two ways you can get rid of Billy. You're not stuck on Billy as, as we, we, we think. And then just secondly, um, we just can't develop players. Um, Costas just got, well, I don't know if he got released or we released him, but I believe he asked to be cut out because he signed the next day over there in Europe for a team. So, I, I you know, I think he was told he was going to play some NBA games and he never played in the NBA. He just kept playing those G League games, and he just went back over to Europe. But those are just some thoughts about the uh, uh, about Billy and the team. And uh, secondly, I just hope we keep losing. All right, so Paul has this plan to get rid of Billy Donovan. And, you know, Paul has been one of the players that – I mean, one of the uh, listeners that calls in, and he always has an ideal on somebody the Bulls can acquire. And I understand that, especially when you're looking at your team and seeing that your team just needs something, right? Now, as far as getting rid of Billy Donovan, while, yes, there are ways that you can get that done, there's ways that you look. We got to remember the team who we're dealing with. A buyout is still the team spending money. Regardless if, you don't, if you're not paying them over years, he's still, especially considering he just signed a contract extension. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. He still has the leverage. You're still going to be paying most of that contract. And as we know, with the Reinsdorf, that's probably not likely, right? And then you say, kind of force him out by changing the makeup of the roster. Here's the, here's the thing with that. 
You don't change the makeup of your roster get, to get worse just to get rid of a coach, just to try to force a coach out. You don't do that. And as I've said with the Chicago Bulls, a retool is more likely than a full rebuild for this team because in what you just said, like, you, you, you name somebody who isn't really a game changer, or, you know, has some potential, as all draft picks do, but building a team with mid-range draft picks has been hard. We've been there. You guys have seen it. It gets, tip, it gets hard to do, and typically, unless one of those players, you just get lucky and turns into a superstar, we're going to be right back where we are for the next decade right now, and that's a middling team in the NBA. The Bulls are more than likely need to and should look to add different things to this team without necessarily going full rebuild, but we'll see what they end up doing. But as far as that, Billy Donovan not coaching a younger team, I don't necessarily know if I think in this point in Billy Donovan's career, especially considering he has the contract extension, he has a relationship with Jerry Reinsdorf, and, and talks, said he talks to Jerry Reinsdorf almost every day. I don't know, man. I think Billy Donovan has more leverage than what we think and what we maybe have come accustomed to with Chicago Bulls coaches. And I'm not saying it's right, right? I'm not, not here to say it's right or wrong. I'm just to identify what it is. And I think right now, like, I get it. I get the, I get being upset with Billy, but I do think Billy has stepped up his game as well as the players have stepped up his game more than, more uh, recently than not. But Billy Donovan more than likely isn't going anywhere. And while once Bulls fans come to that realization, again, you don't have to agree. You don't have to agree with it. Agreeance and understanding are two very different things. I'm not asking for anybody to agree or like it. If you don't like Billy Donovan, nobody's telling you to start drinking the Kool-Aid now and all of a sudden like him. But you do have to come to the reality point is the Bulls made their bet when they extended Billy Donovan. We can come up with all the different ways and all the different examples of when coaches still left and had years on the deal. That's fine. But this is the Chicago Bulls organization that we're talking about. And in understanding this organization, especially if you've been a fan base of this team for most of your life, like I have been all of my life in a, in a lot of ways, you understand how this team does and does not operate when it comes to money, right? And this team is not about to pay a coach that they just extended to go away right now. It's, listen, this season has already gotten off too good of a start for that to happen. Like, and it hasn't gotten off to a good start. And so, honestly, the only way that I can see Billy Donovan getting fired this season, right, would be if the, the Bulls lost out the rest of the way through. And that's not going to happen, This, especially with this team kind of being reinvigorated in a lot of ways. So while I understand the thought process and I understand the feelings completely of wanting Billy Donovan out, it's just not more than likely to come. Now, one of the things that he did say on the back end of this that I do want to talk about is that is Costas Antetokounmpo. Costas went overseas because Costas isn't a good NBA player. It, like, there's nothing the Bulls should have done to try to hold on to Costas Antetokounmpo at all because he's not a good player. He's just not. He's not an NBA-level prospect. He's probably never going to do anything meaningful in the NBA. Now, I say that with saying that there are players that go over to Europe, spend some time there, come back, and they find roles as role players, and God forbid, even a little bit more than that. So there's always that chance of that, but it, the likelihood of it happening is just not very high. Costas Antetokounmpo is not that good of a basketball player. I know a lot of Bulls fans and fans around, like, we, we looked into it. I did it, too, of what could this mean? Does this mean about Giannis and their pursuit? It likely wasn't any of that. Costas Antetokounmpo is not a good basketball player. He just isn't. And that's why he's no longer with the Windy City Bulls. All right, let's move into this next one. This one's from Greg. Man, how at the end of halftime of the Timberwolves game, these people going to snap on the van for, for taking crazy shots, and he's still going to take the crazy shots. I don't know what's up with this guy. I don't like him playing on this dude's back because he can really play. But, bro, what's up with all of these dumb shots, bro? I, I just don't understand it at all, bro. Your thoughts, man. This your boy, Greg. 
and Greg Greg left this shortly after the report um, of, of the halftime meeting between the players. And here's what I'll say to Greg on this. Um, he is shooting better. Zach Levine is, is picking his spots better. It's always going to be part of his game to take some of those step-back threes. That's just part of it. I get it. I'm frustrated with it, too. But we're seeing the Zach Levine who's starting to go to the bucket a little bit more, facilitating better, picking his shots a lot better, hitting, hit, hitting better uh, percentages on top of that. So I do think for what it was worth at that halftime meeting, and I think even then it wasn't about his shot selection. What came out later was it was more about his defense, and the defense has stepped up as well. I do think that that meeting, that blow-up, whatever we want to label that as being, was needed for the team to start improving their play and their mindset changed. And sometimes you need a change of mindset. And I do think that that's what that was for the Chicago Bulls. And as I said at the beginning in the open this show, let's just see if it's something that ends up being sustainable for this team. And we're going to find that out over this next stretch. All right. This last thing, this is a text message. This is not a voicemail. This one's from MJ. And he says this. What up, Hayes? This is MJ. Like everyone else, I think it's pretty apparent that if things don't change by the trade deadline, we should consider making alterations to the big three. Bottom line, Zach might just be having an off year. I think with a full offseason, he'll come back as the Zach we know. They're not trading him regardless. DeMar, though, I think we should trade him. I think Dallas would be a perfect fit for him. They're a contending team with Luka, and it would show our gratitude for the last season sending him and maybe Tony Bradley to Dallas for Christian Wood uh, would give us a true power forward and put P. Will at small, at small forward. I'd also make uh, make us a bit younger. Now, I think uh, Jacob Porto is a free agent next season. So if you if we can let Vooch go into free agency this offseason and perhaps going after Jakob in free agency, that leaves us with Zach Levine, Christian Wood, and Jakob Porto as our new, ironically, all 27 years old, big three. I don't expect Lonzo to be back this season, but I think he'd thrive with this group. Lonzo, Zach, P. Will, Christian, and Porto. Shooting, toughness, and defense all in one lineup. Tell me what you think. All right, so... I when we when you start getting into the multi-layered, oh, let's do this and this, this it becomes less and less likely the the the, the more that you do that. Now, to say that just at the baseline of your deal of, of moving DeMar to Rosen, last we heard is that DeMar is also untouchable, just like Zach Levine. Now, with that said, I do think that if the Bulls, I've said this before, right? If if DeMar does stay with the Chicago Bulls past the last year on his contract with his next season, I really do hope he is willing to come off the bench for the Bulls at that point. That's just my point. My, my, at that point, he'd be an almost 35-year-old player. I hope that he would be open to coming off the bench and filling that role. But I do think you do open the offense up a little bit more with not having a player that has to have a specific style of play like a DeMar DeRozan. Now, to trade DeMar for Christian Wood, I don't know if, if the Dallas Mavericks would do that. Now, again, I know that there's this common mindset of let's move Patrick Williams back to the three. No. That, like, if you look at the way that he's used in this offense, he's used as threes are most likely in most offenses. And I like Patrick Williams better as the point forward. I know there's this common uh, mindset with Bulls fans. Oh, well, his true position is a small forward. There are considerably good power forwards in the NBA that are smaller than Patrick Williams that have found a way. And I do think when you look at Patrick Williams' ability also to maybe run some things and use him as a point forward, I think that power forward position is better for him. I think we need more of a mobile because keep in mind, Patrick Williams is not the best with lateral quickness. To me, the perfect three next to Patrick Williams as your four is a, a three that's a little bit more limber, a little bit more quick uh, uh, as a three-point shooter as well. That's the type of thing that I would look for. But in the, and let's, let's stay in the confines of what you presented here. That potential lineup that you gave us, I honestly do like, like that lineup. I'm not going to lie to you. The, the Lonzo, Zach, uh, Christian Wood, uh, uh, Patrick Williams, and Jacopoto uh, lineup, I actually kind of like that lineup. I just think that it's highly unlikely that the Bulls make that many moves as far as trading two of their big three away or at that point you'd be letting one walk away in free agency I think 
kind of retooling with one of them may be the 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 the, the more likely option, but you didn't come up with a bad lineup there. I just don't know if that's going to get it done. Keep in mind as well, next offseason, even if the Bulls do not re-sign Nikola Vucevic, because what you'll be doing at that point, Christian Wood's contract, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but if you don't re-sign Nikola Vucevic, you don't re-sign Kobe White, as long as we don't add any money, considerable money with that trade, we can have upwards of about $15 million in cap space. We also could have a $10 million mid-level exception. Would, that, would either of those be enough to attract Yaka Porto to the Chicago Bulls is the question that you have to ask yourself there. And if it is, I mean, again, you, you, you're, you're changing your style of play for sure because Yaka Porto, while a really a way better defender than uh, Nikola Vucevic, he also is a passer. He can hit some shots, but he's not the offensive weapon that Nikola Vucevic necessarily can be, especially when, when Vucevic gets going. So at that point, you're relying heavily on the offense of Christian Wood, Patrick Williams to make a leap offensively, and the shooting of Lonzo Ball if he comes back and he's ready to go and be himself right away. So again, not a bad deal at all. Not, not necessarily a bad outcome when you get to that. I just don't think that that series of events is very likely, and I don't know how much that necessarily improves the team overall. It's a different team for sure, but I don't know if that's still much better than about the sixth, fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. But you guys can let me know what you guys think on it down below. Again, could be viewing it wrong myself here. But that is it for today, this Christmas episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you guys. I, I hope I gave you guys something to watch while you're waiting on games to start and whatever else. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and a voicemail, like you heard in this episode, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because you guys, we are still pushing towards 10K, so make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well. Um, also, if you're not subscribed to this channel, go and subscribe to the general NBA channel that me and the Cognac boys do. It's called NBA Central. It's also in the list of uh, channels on this page if you guys want to find it there. But that's it for me for today, man. Like I liked in everything on. Love you guys. Go Bulls, man. See Red and peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.